Welcome to the HU Pirateship. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's year three of the podcast and we've recorded this show on September 20th. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hamptonite from the HU Pirateship. What's going on, Hamptonite? How you like that Livingstone win? You know what? We needed a definite confidence booster this <laughs> this year. And, you know, this is, a, I would say, a big booster for Maynard as well, you know, because we have never, <laughs> I would say, no, I'm not even since the Joe Taylor era, you know, just beat up somebody like this, you know? I mean, this was a definite, uh, uh, you know, you stole my, you, you're trying to steal my car. Or, no, no. Hampton beat Livingstone like they walked to their car and Livingstone was key in their car. <laughs> yeah, man, they did. That was just like walked in an act, you know, and caught them, you know. Oh man, that's that's a perfect uh, analogy for the game. It, it was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. Um, so yeah, of course, this week we will go into the Livingstone win. Uh, a lot to talk about this week. So busy show. Talk about Livingstone, and then we'll go over the Miac Week Three scoreboard. And then we'll pre preview the meek the week four Miac action. And then we'll talk about the Hamptons upcoming game against Monmouth at home. And then also we'll talk about men's and women's basketball. The schedules just came out this week and the rosters have been updated. So a lot of news going on with basketball. And then we'll just finish up with some quick thoughts about the NFL boycott. So Hamptonite and I are boycotting. Um nothing concerted there. Just um have some issues with the league and decided not to watch this year. Um, so we're just going to talk about why we're doing that and hopefully get some feedback uh, on a message board or in the comments about, you know, why perhaps you are boycotting or not boycotting. So let's get into it, man. So Livingstone, uh, Pirates get Hampton gets a shutout over Livingstone and they win that game 59 to nothing. The most lopsided win during the Maynard error or era so yeah it was a um complete game uh complete domination um normally we talk about the good and the bad so we will do that this week and we'll start off with the bad um and finish up with the good this week so uh the bad livingstone period livingstone they're not at the same level as hampton i mean it showed and actually it it was a little bit sad because their team kind of looked at like the way our team looked when maynard first took over the program in some respects, so yeah, <laughs> it could remind me of darker days, man. So, <laughs> Livingstone—they're not at the Hamptons level, um, so that was bad. Uh, the game really wasn't that competitive. Um, let's see, the, deep, the bad also was Livingstone's offense. Um, they were held to 105 yards of total offense, um, and also our O line. I mean, they look good. I mean, they—they're athletic. They're talented. Much better at pass blocking, but I still want to see them get better at run blocking. Um, at times, they allow a, bit, a little bit too much penetration and uh, too many shots in the backfield. But, you know, when they make lanes, they make lanes. But I want to see, like, a dominant running game where, you know, they just physically dominate someone. We haven't seen that yet. Um, but I, I was hoping we'd see that in the Livingstone game. But that's it, man. I mean, that's just a quibble. I mean, they still put up a lot of yards this week on the ground. So they did their thing, but I wanted to see a little bit more domination. So anything, any other gripes or issues with this game here tonight? Um, I'm just going to say pretty much that um, I did see that uh, Livingstone definitely was not at the same level. I think they were reminiscent of the Don Rose teams, you know, just a hodgepodge of players. You That's know. what I saw, man. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, I saw uh, offensive tackle, I think he was like six foot two. And then you have a you have a center that's like what five eleven you know like uh, three hundred some pounds you know that's humongous you know that guy probably does not have an ounce of uh, I would say a muscle on him he's just big mm-hmm. so um, and plus you know the quarterback looked like he was probably you know I would say like uh, one of these intramural quarterbacks he was not uh, you know it, I mean it was sad to say but I'm sure that they got a hefty check from him. Good old uh, Dr. Harvey. Um, I will say about the offensive line, you know, just by uh, taking a look at them, you know, we both play offensive line. And one thing I do notice that Hampton does is that Maynard does not let the backs block as much, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you always see them, you know, uh, running out to the flat, you know, as a check down. So 
you see a lot of times the defense just sends more men than the offensive line can block. And unfortunately, um, normally when that happens, you would, the, if the offensive line is cohesive, they will know who to let go and who to pick up. You know, they're they picking up that uh, that Sam or that or maybe that Will or that Mike, and they letting that little they letting that little fat little lineman get through. You know, cause he, <laughs> he he can't catch anybody. So, I mean, I think that it's more of a scheme issue more so than the play. But I do think that they need to work on certain work on you know certain pass protection schemes. And you know, and I think uh, over time, I think their running game, the running game, actually improved because um, you start to see like uh, Malik Mackey get to that second level, and he, when he gets to that second level, you know, he's pretty unmovable, and you know, and it really helps, you know, especially with Sean McKenzie and uh, Yaki Johnson. Yep, excellent, right on, right on. So, like I said, I, I think that'll improve. Uh, they are getting better, but. Uh... No doubt, um, they're, they're definitely making progress there. Um, the good, well, lots of good uh, from this week. Um, Yaki Johnson, he won MIAC Player of the Week. He had 12 carries for 132 yards. He had like a 175-yarder or something close, like right up the middle, um, virtually untouched, and he had three touchdowns. So a big game for Yaki Johnson, one of the best players at the FCS, FCS level and definitely in the MIAC. So, uh, they had offense had zero turnovers. They were plus two this week in a turnover battle. Man, so different from last year because JJ, man, he couldn't see, so he just throw it up, man, jump ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But these these quarterbacks put it right where they need to put it, and our running backs are holding on to the ball. So I mean that is definitely helping the, the winning the turnover battle. And then the backup uh, quarterback Brendan Green. I mean he can play. Um, you know, the, the competition, you know, you can't get too excited about that, but you can throw, you just watch how somebody throws the ball where it needs to go. He got the athleticism, the accuracy, um, the touch. I mean, he was making some nice plays out there, so he played well. And I think the team is set at the quarterback position for, uh, quite some time. So, I mean, it was just a good display. Uh, defense was physical. I mean, they were just teeing off on those guys. And again, Sean McKenzie, I was watching the highlight film uh, uh, today, man. Uh, Livingstone, they were making business decisions, man, because they, <laughs> <laughs> they, they was like, yo, man, I want to go to class. They were just diving at his feet. They did not yeah. want to tackle him. <laughs> they didn't I mean, want a part of that dude. <laughs> nah, they, they were whiffing, man. So, yeah, he's, he's getting stronger. So that, that's good, man. So, yeah, good game, man. I mean, just a, just a strong game. Any, anything I missed there, him tonight? You know what? No, I mean, I think you pretty much covered um, every nail on the head. You know, I do want to kind of uh, pick up on what you were talking about with Brendan Green. You know, he did look good, but he's still a novice. You know, he's still young. And, you know, he made some plays. That I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. okay. You know, I mean, I think um, a lot of times we're still reeling from Jarrell um, Antoine's departure because he kind of felt like he could have been that guy for us. And, you know, Hampton really hasn't had like that, that, that signal caller, you know, we've had since, you know, I mean, Princeton Shepard was the man for a while, you know, um, uh, then, you know, I think you, you got, uh, I think, I think we got kind of lucky with David Legree and Herbert, Herbert Bynes was going to yeah, say Bynes. Yeah, man. But, but Bynes couldn't stay healthy. Right. And then I think, uh, at one point Don Rose had recruited this kid called, uh, Laron, um, Laron Thomas out of South Florida, you know, they're all from South Florida and that dude was a straight beast. And he just could not stay academically ineligible. Mm. So you know, I'm pretty excited about what we have at the QB position. You know, I just want to see what develops. So, yeah. Yep, yep, right on, man. And so one thing about, like, developing, it's just a, an observation. So we watch the team. I mean, the team, this is a long way to go. Um, <laughs> but the team actually looks good. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I have to give the team Maynard and the recruit the coaching staff props. I mean, they look like a football team. They look like yeah. they got a plan on what they're trying to recruit and put out on the field. So I, you know, I got to give them props that it looks, they passed the eye test. <laughs> I'm saying <Yeah>. that much. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't always say that. So yeah, they're, they're heading in the right direction. So they're going to have a big test against Monmouth and we'll definitely get into that uh, um, uh, shortly. So 
Let's go over the MEAC scoreboard, man. Some interesting scores this week. Uh, some blowouts where I didn't think they would be that bad. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it, man. West Virginia, they lost to – no, they beat Delaware State 59. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. 59-16. to 16. Uh, Richmond – now, this is interesting. Richmond uh, beat Howard 68-21. to 21. Now, we all know Richmond is good, top-tier team, period. But I, I wasn't expecting this – kind of a blowout uh i i thought that i didn't think howard was going to win because they start even though it's kent state you know they starting to show they they were showing some warts in that game against kent state and then richmond just picked them apart so now the teams have that film and they start to know how to attack howard but um i was just a little disappointed i didn't think it was going to be a 47 point swing man what what did you think about that score you know what i mean <sighs> I'll just say it like this, you know, Richmond was just not going to allow, you know, a MEAC school to beat them. And I think another thing was Mike London coming back to his, you know, his his old stomping grounds, you know. It's like, yeah, they're happy to see him, but, you know, they want to show, you know, that, hey, we're, do- we're doing it without you now. You know, yeah, you did bring us a national title, but we're actually doing it now, so... Um, and just based upon watching Howard's uh, offense, you know, they seem like a one-trick pony, and but that one-trick pony keeps working. So um, I do think that, you know, this is the same defense from last year. So, yeah, you know, they're going to get beat up. So, yeah. Yep, yep. The defense is not good. And Kalen is, struggles with, you know, passing. I think – I don't know. He was benched. I'm not sure if it was injury <laughs> or whatever. But Coach had him take a seat. So – it's going to be interesting to see how he progresses. He has the tools, but now he's got to get better because his his flaws are out there for the world to see. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how London coaches these guys up um, as the season goes. So um, let's see. South Carolina State uh, shut out Johnson C. Smith forty one nothing. Just a side note. So you know we we like to talk about Buddy Pugh. Man, <laughs> if, if I'm bored or I'm at work, like just uh, watch. Uh, Buddy Pugh's conferences on YouTube. I mean, he's a character, man. I mean, he is. <laughs> yo, he's he's comfortable in who he is, man. And and he just he's he's a good watch. So if you need some entertainment, just watch him on YouTube. So <laughs> yeah, man. If he was in the SEC, oh my God, I think people would have a love affair with this guy because he fits in with that. Good old boy, tobacco spitting, you know, <laughs> just jolly old fat guy. And I mean, I, I'm not talking about him like that, but, you know, yeah. just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of raccoon hunting folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the cool thing about him is, like, he's comfortable. Like, a yeah. lot of coaches are trying to watch their words. They don't know. You know, he just say what, exactly what he feels, man, and, and that's and that's cool to see. Uh, no, no filter out there, so. Um, let's see, Montana, they beat Savannah State 56-3. feels kind of weird even reporting about Savannah State because they're leaving anyway, right? So, I mean, they, they, they're just getting ready to bump back down to D2. And um, you know what? Just looking at that, because, you know, Savannah State would normally be playing like an Oklahoma State or a um, – <laughs> or like you'll see like Colorado State or Colorado or something, whoever they're playing – you know, Montana was the only program that probably took um, – I haven't looked at their schedule, but I'm sure they could not get all those big schools to take them because they were just like, look, this is going to be like 103 to zero, you know. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, you know, I really feel bad for the new coach that, that is down there because, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Him and his staff is going to be fine. But this is just – this is just ridiculous. And I think that – they were similar to like Morris Brown when Morris Brown tried to jump into the swag, you know, it just wasn't for them. And I also will say this too, their auxiliary sports work well in, in division one, you know, their football, they just could not get on track. And to be honest, you know, I don't think, you know, if their auxiliary sports work, why can't they work it out in football? You know? So if not, then go back to be being, Go back to being beaten by Fort Valley in the Albany State. <laughs> right. But, you know, that's true. And I will give them a little bit of credit for recognizing, you know, that, hey, this ain't for us. You know, a lot of us just stay here and struggle. 
and then just play three yeah. beatdown games to fund everything and, and remain completely non competitive. So at least they were able to recognize that and say, Hey, we oh, gotta got go back, man. <laughs> somebody just played two beatdown games this year so far. And who was that? Uh I think it was it's it wasn't Bethune. Was it Bethune? Well, no, no, hold no, on. No. How, no, no. Howard was supposed to play two beatdown games because they played UNLV and Kent State. Yeah, they just happened so, to be competitive. Yeah. They just lucked up. Lucked out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so on to the next beatdown. Uh, James Madison. Man, 75. James Madison beat Norfolk State 75-14. to 14. 35 points James Madison put up in the second quarter. What did that quarter look like? What What happened? I can imagine sitting in the stands watching that mess. So, I don't really know what to say about this game. The only thing is, like, I guess the only thing that's helpful for Norfolk State is that they still haven't played a conference game yet, so they can get healthy in the MEAC. Question, Hampton, like, do you expect them to get healthy in the MEAC, or are they just bad? Oh, no, they're bad because they lost to uh, uh, Virginia State, you oh, know, yeah, Division yeah, Two school. Yeah, no, I mean, and they haven't scored a – what, have they – they haven't even – okay, they did score an offensive touchdown. You know, I mean, they are bad. And it's buyer's remorse for Norfolk State and for, you know, and for Spartan Head Legion and, you know, all those guys <laughs> over on uh, MEAC fans. You know, you get what you pay for. You know, I mean, I you know, I love Luttrell. You know, he's a great brother. But obviously – you know, he's recruited well because they've been, you know, they've been blowing everyone up about their recruiting prowess. But obviously, the recruits have not, the, the recruiting has not translated onto the field. So whatever it is that they're missing, you know, you can tell that they're really missing it, you know. And I just think that I just I just know the administration is looking at this and just saying, what in the world are, is going on now? Because if you, I mean, I I've looked at Norfolk State's uh, games like, you know, I'll check out the highlights on Wavy 10 or or sometimes or if there's a, a feed and there's nobody in that stands. And so there's just no excitement for that program as of right now. And, you know, Pete Adrian, you know, had them clicking for at least about a good five to six years. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I would say about seven, I'm, I'm about seven to eight years. You know, they were very competitive. So. You know, whatever it is that Latrell is not bringing, they need to find someone or something to help supplement it, and it's just not working. And plus, James Madison is a beast anyway, so it was expected. Yeah, it was. 75 points, though. Good gosh. If you, if you made that drive <laughs> to watch Ain't nobody that, driving this. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's just like if you're on death row, and, you know, it's like, I mean, you're not going to drive to go see someone get – Executed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I feel sorry for them. I mean, I, I think they'll get a little bit healthy in the MEAC. There's some bad teams. Um, so they'll be feast on each other. But they're, they're not looking good at all. So um, let's see. On to the next beatdown. Rutgers beat Morgan State 65 to nothing. Not much there. Uh, but the best game of the week was North Carolina A&T beating Charlotte in Charlotte. Um, so uh, another great game for A&T. Renard is just playing extremely well. Um, he had 259 yards and a touchdown. And A&T defense made stops when they need to. They almost gave it away. It seemed like they got a little conservative. But they sealed the deal. They actually went and won the game. You know, we usually fumble it or give it away or yeah. give a, uh, have a penalty or bad special teams. But they actually took the game from Charlotte. And, and put yeah. it away. So that, that's the most impressive thing. Like now they, not only do they have the talent, but now they know how to win. That that's that's scary. That's scary. Well, I mean, Rod Broadway. You know, I mean, oh God. I mean, now he's. I mean, he is actually what the Nick Saban of the of HBCU football. If you think about it, he won successfully at uh, North Carolina Central. Then he won over at Grambling, and now he has created a, a machine over at uh, A&T, you know, we all thought like, oh, well, 
the the big bad uh Darth Vader is actually gone, you know, when Tariq Cohen left. Because Tariq Cohen actually took your soul when he ran, you know. <laughs> you know, he he just he embarrassed everybody. And so when we thought he was gone, we were just like, okay, they don't have a quarterback. All the guys are good defense. You know, we could beat them now. And they have been beating people down. I'm not and I'm not talking about just like just straight just they beat them into submission. And every time they actually come up, like, you know, if we're going to their stadium or if they're coming to our stadium, I feel like I hear that song from Friday when Debo is coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pop's trip, man. He want me to get my bike back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's how Broadway brings that. He brings that type of team, man. And you're just like, oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, like, let me tuck mine in. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, right. And, and the best, the best part about that game was the post-game uh, from Broadway, I mean, he was like, man, you know, our little ragtag bunch, you know, they weren't expecting much from us. We came up there. They, you know, Charlotte's the well-funded uh, school. They got the nice facilities. I'm sure they're eating right. We just come up there, get some pork chop sandwiches, and then get the win and get out. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like but you know what, though? But, but you know what? That is the mentality that you got to have, man. Yo, because that's true. You know, like. Yeah, exactly. You said, you know, it's like all we got is us. You know, we ain't eating what they eating, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't go in their house and take their food because we're hungry. And that's what they did. Yep. You know, if other HBCUs had that mentality, like, you know what, we ain't got it, but we about to take it, you know. <laughs> right, right, man. You, know, yeah, but... you, you got to have that and that's not feel sorry for yourself. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you got to yeah. make chicken salad, man. Out of <laughs> Exactly. And that's the way I think that when you saw that Norfolk State and that Howard beat down, you know, we kind of came in like, oh, please don't beat on us so bad. So please, please. And, and, then, and then it's like the PWIs. And for all of our listeners that don't know what a PWI, a predominantly white institution, when an HBCU plays them, it's almost like it's like medieval, you know. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna beat you because you are an HBCU. Take right, it, right? And, and that's why you see these 75 scores and these 68 scores. You know, 75 at James Madison and 60, 68 at Richmond. So yeah, you know, A&T came in there like, look, we hungry, and you know y'all got food, and we gonna come in there and take it, and, we, right. and that's what they do. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna bring our vans. I mean, it was a close drive. I heard A and T represented uh, in the stands, almost like a home game from the like the stats I was watching. Brought the band, yeah. brought the fans, and and got the W. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah that's perfect. They done brought the band there, man. Ooh, that is bad. Yeah, yeah, goodness. Um, I wonder did they do the fifth quarter after the game? Please tell me they did not do that in Charlotte Stadium. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of fans want to stay and watch that, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I would be surprised if they didn't. So, but you know what? I don't think the PWIs understand the fifth quarter, so probably Charlotte probably left. You know, while A and T was still playing, that which is I say is totally disrespectful. But if they did it, I'm cool with it. Hey, I, I have an admission. I've been watching HBCU football for 20 plus years. I've never stayed for the fifth quarter. Ah, <laughs> oh, bruh. Ah, oh, I mean, I feel you. I mean, I, I want to. I, I want to one of these days. I feel you, but if it's like you know, like if it's like Bethune or South Carolina State or A&T's band, definitely FAMU's band. I'm staying. But if but if it's just like you know, if it's like Hamptons band, and, you know, you know, one of the lower tier bands like Howard band, you know, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> right, no doubt. So yeah, good good win by A&T. Class of the MEAC so far, I think. Um, Tennessee State. Beat Fam U, twenty four thirteen. Good game it was competitive, closer than what some folks thought. But Tennessee State is at three and zero as well, so they're they're a tough team. And then Bethune Cookman, I thought this game would be closer, but they lost to Florida Atlantic forty five to nothing. So interesting week for the MEAC. Um, but now it's time to get into conference play. So we got some good conference matchups this week. Starting out with South Carolina State and North Carolina Central, so I'm going to be at that game tomorrow. And, and the the best thing about that, uh, I forgot the name of the Central Stadium, is that if you're on the visitor side, I mean, you can literally 
touch the players. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and I, you know, I just want to get close enough so I can hear Buddy Pugh. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he got to call somebody a big dummy. That, I mean, that's what I <laughs> get your ass down there and run. That's that's what I want to watch and see. You know yeah. how, he, how he manages the game. So, but yeah. I, I don't know how to call this game. Both teams are talented. Central is not playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, not you know they're still trying to come together because everyone forget they lost a lot, man. So. It's not going to be yeah, come together yeah. overnight. So they're still trying to figure things out. And South Carolina State, their defense is nasty, and but their offense is still struggling. So I want to see who wins this game. It's going to be a good matchup, man. And any thoughts on this game? And it's going to be on ESPNU uh, tomorrow, Thursday night. You know what? After just um, – I haven't seen any of the programs, but I've been following them stat-wise. You know, it does seem that South Carolina State's offense, you know, seems to be – I wouldn't say not clicking – but they seem to be like they're a little bit more advanced at the moment. Whereas I would say North Carolina Central, you know, they don't have trouble putting opponents away, but they're like tripping over their same feet. But I will say this too, Central always has a good defense. So I think that it's still going to be tough to be Central at home. I think uh, North Carolina comes out probably in about, let's say like a 10-point win. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and they true, they have a true home court or home field advantage. I mean, yeah. you know yeah. that you are on the road when you're playing there. Yeah. So that's what we need. We yeah. need to get some of that central home field, you know, spirit at Hampton games. But that's just another story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're too bougie. Uh, yeah, man, we <laughs> sipping lattes and stuff, man, looking at it in the mirror. But anyway. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Up next. So, yeah, it's going to be a good game, man. I can't wait to see that one. Up next, Bethune-Cookman is at Howard. Uh, that's going to be a good game. I'm expecting Bethune-Cookman to come away with the win here. I don't trust Howard anymore. Um, I think that unless Coach can get them out of their own heads, I'd be doubting myself a little bit if I was Howard. So, it'd be interesting to see how, you know, he can manage that. But Bethune-Cookman is the better team, just flat out. So I'm expecting them to win this game, um, but we'll see, man. How, how do you think Howard's going to rebound this week? Well, but don't got Cookman got beat up, beat down too. But I think Howard's a little bit worse. So what, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, I think this is what uh, whose home game is? Is it Howard's first home game, season yeah, opener? Yeah, yeah. and you got Bethune too. Yeah. Ugh. Um, you know what, Howard? I don't think would be. I mean, used to. I mean, this Newton kid probably is not used to having. A home game in that stadium, so I don't. I think <laughs> I think Bethune probably will be too much for them. You know, they'll probably keep it close for um for a certain while, and you know, and a <laughs> and I just I just see Bethune just kind of running away in, in the fourth quarter. You know, they're just they're just much too talented at this moment. So, and but I do think you know Howard has enough staying power to hang with them for about three and a half to four quarters. But I just don't see them I just don't see them uh, fully getting it together. And I think that momentum that they have from the UNLV is gone. Especially after that Richmond game. Yeah, yeah, that's gone, man. It's gone. So, But yeah, it, it should be. I wish I could go to that game. That's going to be a good one to watch. Uh, up next, yeah. man, we got Norfolk State and Delaware State. I, I got nothing. Actually, I am expecting, and this is in Dover, I'm expecting Delaware mm-hmm. State to win. They haven't won in like two years, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I definitely feel that Delaware State's going to win because they were pretty competitive when they played us, you know. So, and I'm just, I just do not see anything positive coming out of a and I mean, I mean, of, of Norfolk State. So, I got Delaware State winning by 14. Now, if Norfolk State wins this game, if I'm Latrell, Scott, I'm starting to pack up. All right. Okay. You said Norfolk. If Delaware State wins, yeah. If Delaware State wins this game, I'm starting to to slowly take things out of my office. If I'm Latrell Scott, you know what, man? He probably already got his stuff out of my office, man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He has another year on his contract, right? Does he? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I think he does. I think he does. Norfolk State ain't going to pay him out, man. <laughs> but I will tell you, this is what HBCUs do, which is different. Instead of paying you out, they will reassign you to another position. So 
he would probably move from being coach to maybe being like a ticket manager or something. Oh man, I, I, I hope that doesn't happen to him, man. Because, but but I, yeah, I don't see them winning this game. I don't I don't see how it can happen. That's what they did. That's what they did to that coach in um, Southern. Um, what was his name? Stump Mitchell. Yeah. You know, they just like look, bro. You know, you can be an equipment manager, man. You know, you still get paid, but if you. If, but your contract says if you quit that job, you won't get paid no more. So yeah. I would I would see that happening. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you think about Latrell, does he actually want? I mean, is he actually happy there? You know, I wouldn't I be. Mean, I, I wouldn't be. No, it's because I mean, and I'm gonna be honest though, they have they have good facilities. That stadium is, you know, I mean, it's not the greatest, but you know, he has a he has a full a stadium that wraps around. He has a video board. You know, and you're in a recruiting rich area. You know, you gotta win. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you gotta win, but you, you gotta I mean, get some of them boys. You know, uh, uh, for administratively, Norfolk State has been going oh, God, through a, God. a lot of stuff. So, they Marty say, Miller, man, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, he probably has something on somebody because he has not been fired yet. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there. To, to make me have a little bit of sympathy for Scott. So he might want to leave. <laughs> you know, he can go back be an assistant somewhere. And yeah, work, he'll be straight. And work on some things. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a good look if they lose, when they lose this to, to Delaware State. Yeah. And they're not winning that game. No, they're not. They shouldn't. Uh, <clears throat> uh, up next, we got Florida A&M uh, at Savannah State. Uh, I'm picking the Rattlers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then we got a t at Morgan State. I'm expecting Antita later wood, man. It's yeah, yeah. They go later wood. They're probably going to have a game where they probably play horribly, and I just don't think it will be at Morgan State. No, no. That's nice. No, if you are, if you are in the D.C. area, you can watch Ham- uh, Howard play Bethune Cookman at one o'clock, and then shoot right on up to what's that? Cold Spring Lane in in yeah. in, in Morgan, and and watch. Yeah. Uh, Morgan State A&T, so you can watch some good football. Yeah, beautiful stadium they have. Yeah, no doubt. And they got a new video board, too, I think. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice. I, I I was there recently last year, so, yeah. yeah. So they, they can get beat down in high def. So. You know what? They can get beat down, but I don't think they care, man. <laughs> That's honest. true. Yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> Only people, uh, I don't even think old sport cares about, uh, <laughs> about, uh, he cares more. about Hampton more than, than Morgan. Oh, God. I mean, did he get, I, did he get a, kicked a out or something? I don't know, man. There's a term that I want to say for him, but, you know, I just don't want to, I ain't going to say it. But I yeah. think, I think everybody knows. Everybody, we're talking about a, a poster and the BAC fans, uh, message board where we spend most of our time talking about this stuff. So, my thing is, though, I've read a report on Huffington Post, and it was talking about um, trolls that are like, you know, like in black message boards, and there'll be a troll. And it wouldn't be a troll, it'll be a person, a black person speaking in like perfect urban vernacular, and he's like a white person. He like, you know, it's like a white troll and like infiltrating the group. And I wonder, is that what old sport is? I mean, Honestly, man. I mean, I know people have seen him, but he is that brother an agent or something? Because <laughs> well, I'm dead serious, man. I mean, some of the things that he says, I feels like he was probably the first person that, to integrate the KKK, first black person to integrate the KKK. He's like, uh, what's that guy from uh, the Boondocks? Oh, Uncle Ruckus. Uncle no, no, Ruckus. he's beyond Uncle Ruckus, man. <laughs> I'm just like, man, brother. I told him, I said, look, man. When the revolution happens and it will happen, you're gonna be the first one to get messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna run. He gonna run to the other side. <laughs> Turncoat Benedict Arnold. Yeah, we talking about you. Yep. So hey, hopefully he'll be there to watch his Bears lose to the Aggies. So nah, man. No, I hope he comes to a Hampton game and I see him, man. Oh, he'll Ooh. be there. Yeah, I think he's at all our stuff. Because uh, he, he seems to more, know the most about Hampton more than any other program. So he's the biggest D rider I ever seen, man. Ooh, <laughs> yes. But go ahead, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Old sport. So yeah, man. On to Monmouth. So uh, this week Hampton's playing their their biggest test of the year, I think, 
more than Ohio. Uh, that were, they were outmatched. But Monmouth is, you know, they're fair. That's a fair match right there. So the Monmouth is out of New Jersey, Monmouth, New Jersey, my old stomping grounds. But uh, they're in the Big South uh, Conference, if I'm not mistaken. So um, they've played a lot of a couple of HBCUs over the past recent years. Uh, in the Big South, they don't have a lot of teams, so they got to fill out their schedule. Um, so this year they are two and one. Um, they lost last week to Albany. Uh, Albany's a good team. Um, they lost to them 28 to 14, but they started out the season with wins against Lafayette 34 to 12 and Lehigh 46 to 27. So, uh, they can move the ball. Um, and they are a good offensive team and competitive. So they're averaging, um, what's my math here? About 40 points. No, 30 points a game, uh, scoring, um, their quarterback, Kenji, I mean, he's pretty accurate, man. He's completing 70% of his passes. Um, they have this guy, Pete Guerrero. Um, he uh, is a former sprinter, or actually a sprinter on the track team. So he's like um, Yaki, like Yaki shifty, but this guy's like straight ahead. So if there's a crease, he's going to get through it. And in his opening game, I think his first carry was for like 75 yards right up the gut for a touchdown. So... He's been the national freshman of the week. So they're going to have a, uh, some work cut out for them, the defense, and trying to slow down this Monmouth uh, game. Um, the defense is average. They give up 21, 22 points a game. So I think we'll be able to move the ball, move the ball and score. Um, so it's a pretty even a good matchup for Hampton. Good measuring stick to see where they are, where they think they are. Um, uh, I'm expecting Hampton to win, but uh, what's your thoughts on this Hampton night? Um, after just um, looking at, uh, I would say Monmouth's team. You know, um, your quarterback is what at what seventy percent at seventy percent. Um, you know, completion percentage, and you know, six hundred one yards, two touchdowns. You know, I mean, pretty accurate guy. But if you actually watch their scheme, it's a lot of bubble screens, a lot of slants, quick, you know, quick dump offs. You know, so yeah, you you could be uh, very accurate throwing those balls. And it seems like they want to get their players in a rhythm. You know, more so than you know, uh, more of a downhill approach. And you know that Guerrero kid. You know, he already has four touchdowns. You know, and uh, what three hundred seventy-seven yards on a year. So. They have some actually pretty decent players. Um, they also have, I would say, just one receiver in this white kid, you know, uh, 234 yards, you know. And, you know, but after that, though, you got a couple of guys on there, you know, uh, Vinny Grasso, Lonnie Moore, you know. But they uh, they seem to be, I would say, uh, not complimentary players. They're just kind of they're just there. So basically, you know, I think we're probably going to have to roll our coverage over to this white guy, uh, this uh, this white junior guy. I'm sorry, S is his last name. Okay, and, yeah, about to ask you, is his last name white or is? He oh white? no no no, his name is uh, actually it just says R White Junior. Okay, number okay, nine. Yeah. So <laughs> <All right>. yeah, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so basically, basically, we're probably going to have to, you know probably put another a, a DB and maybe a safety on them just to kind of see, you know, kind of keep them out, you know, keep them, keep them at bay because, you know, he pretty much, uh, he's had like a, a 50, a 50, uh, yard, uh, uh, his longest catch has been a 50 yarder and this um, Kenji guy, you know, the quarterback, you know, he seems to be like, uh, I would say, He's kind of like a systems guy, you know. It doesn't seem like he, you know, is a guy that, you know, what if you put a little pressure on him and he has to get out of the pocket and, do, you know, do some things. And, you know, that doesn't seem like that to be as his forte. So I do think if our defense makes him uncomfortable and we can actually put a hat on this Carrero kid, then I think we have a really good shot. You know, and plus we're at home, you know, and this will be a, a great measuring stick for us. So I would say Hampton, you know, probably will put up, but we'll have to put up at least 28 to 31 points, you know. And our defense is going to have to play lights out, I would say, in the second half like we've been doing. So I do say Hampton probably wins 31-28. Right. That's an excellent uh, uh, prognostication. I'm looking at something similar. I'm saying Hampton wins 31-24. You know, one thing I would, if yeah. I was Monmouth, if I were their coaches, uh I'm going to find a way to try and test Hampton deep. 
So the defense yeah. is pretty stout. Our secondary is big, but they're big. So I'm going to mm-hmm. try and see if they can run. That that would be my test. Yeah. I'm going deep. Um, Absolutely. And, and see, Absolutely. How, see how we handle that. So that, it'll be interesting. Interesting. And the other thing, man, if we, we got to win that turnover battle. I mean, they've been amazingly clutch on holding on to the ball. For yeah. the most most part this year, so and winning that battle. If we win a turnover battle, we win this game. I, 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 I'm pretty almost certain of that. So it'll be an interesting, good game. Good game. I, I should be in attendance for that game. Um, <laughs> have some front row seats. Maybe I'll get seats in that HU section since nobody seems to be sitting there anymore. So, <laughs> well, I will. I think I might join you on this game. You know, because oh. my wife and kids are they're going to be in Atlanta. Hey. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. You know, okay. if she, um, if my wife doesn't not have me do any other chores around the house, then I think we're okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, well, you're gonna have other chores. Just maybe get them done early. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sweet man. So, uh, yeah, this should be a good game this week. Um, some quick thoughts on men's and women's basketball half tonight. So they put out the schedules. Um, we'll do a big rundown of those schedules before the season. Interesting for the men's basketball team is that they don't really have any of these beatdown games. Um, they're playing at Virginia or at UVA and that's at, at uh, Xavier. So those are going to be their toughest games. But mm-hmm. it's a pretty competitive schedule. Almost mirrors a lot of the teams they played last year. Yeah. Um, similar names, but the most important part I've seen so far is the roster. So mm-hmm. Hampton's right. Hampton is loaded, man. I mean, yeah. you know, that yeah. football yeah. would just, you know, kind of say, Hey, let's see where they're going. I'm expecting the men's team to actually kick some ass this year and, and do yeah. some big things. This is, this is the time. So I'm, I'm excited about the men's team, man. What, what are your quick thoughts on men's basketball this year? Um, I would say that the schedule is definitely competitive where we can actually have a winning record if we go into the tournament. But I do think that the fact that we are playing some, I would say, <laughs> some opponents like Bluefield College, you know, these are very, very lower tier programs, you know. Um, St. Leo, you know, these are very bottom feeder programs that where if we have to work on seeding, then we, we, and if we have a great season, then we're definitely going to get a playing game, you know, you know, so I do think that, you know, it works in our favor to have a winning record, but if we actually want to go to the tournament, you know, probably will work against us. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. The schedule is kind of whack as far as. The tournament is, con- yeah. tournament is concerned. Um, yeah. But, you know, if they can, you know, maybe just lose five games, four games. I mean, I, oh, think, yeah. I think expectations yeah. should be that high this year for, yeah. for the team. If they can finish up 25 and four or something like yeah. that yeah. and maybe get a 15 or 14 seed, I mean, I think yeah. that's yeah. – that's And if they can find a way to gel, you know, because you, you, you you, we have so many, uh, you know – new guys in. We got this Malik Trent kid out of Texas Christian. We got this Greg Hextile kid coming in. We got the seven footer from um Teaneck, New Jersey and uh and Pierre So, but you know, and his real name is Shake. And, you know, we got the the Stanley kid coming in and you know, we got all these kids coming in and we're and oh we forgot Austin Colbert. You know, he was the the phenom over at ODU, but you know, he just decided that Hampton was better. So, mm-hmm. so, but he had other things going on for him. So yeah, we, I'm, I'm very excited for basketball and I just want to see, uh, you know, how it takes off. Hopefully we can get everybody happy on the floor, you know, with their minutes. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. Cause those names you mentioned right there. I mean, that's those names right there are enough to fill the team, but you yeah. take those guys away. The guys that are coming back, Marrow, and, oh, yeah. uh, and those 22, I forgot his yeah. name. I mean, they, they got a lot of guys coming back who can play. So, so But it's a good problem to have. But, you know, yeah. something that Joyner's going to have to manage. I'm sure he's working on that. So hopefully we can talk to him too. But it's going to be a good year for the Pirate men's basketball yeah. team. Absolutely. Um, as far as the women's team, man, I think, uh, is it a rebuilding year? Is it a, is it a championship year? What should we look at for the women? I mean, they got a tough schedule here. Six is playing at North Carolina, at the Tar Heels, at UVA, at Oregon, 
at Temple, you know, at Columbia. I mean, it's um, it's going to be a tough schedule. Guys, they don't play. Yeah. Y'all look at they play Brown at home. No, that's not even at home. They don't play a home game until Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Yeah. Yes. Damn, they play one home game uh, in November yeah. and December. So I don't know. I don't know what to think about this year. I mean, they'll be competitive, but it doesn't look to. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts, man? Um, I think you know we just lost our. <laughs> we lost you know one of the best, most prolific scores in Hampton uh, uh, women's basketball history, and Malia Tate DeFritis. And you know we got how many? Uh, <laughs> Uh, freshmen coming in, we got one, two, I'm looking on the roster, uh, one, two, three, four, um, five, six, six freshmen coming in. So we are going to struggle this year, you know, we, but we did bring in some good time, ta- uh, some, some, some good talent, you know, we got Shayla Wright Ponder, you know, she's from South Dakota state. Uh, we did bring in, um, uh, Mahaley Holt, you know, she was good, you know, out of Charlotte, you know, mm-hmm. and I think. I think that uh, we lucked out in getting her, you know, and I think we got her because she, you know, because of her height. So, you know, we have talent coming in, but I think this is the type of talent that, you know, we'll probably see in another two, two, three years. So I do think that we can probably still, you know, we're always in a hunt for the MEAC and the women's uh, team, but I just think this would probably be the year that we probably finish in that top top four, uh, top four, maybe top five. And, you know, but I think that would be just a plus for us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They'll be competitive and yeah. And anything more than top four is, is a coup this year, I think. So, Absolutely. Yeah, but we're going to get into it uh, in, in some more in the next couple of weeks. So get ready for basketball. It's going to be a good year for Hampton basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, Absolutely. hey. So the other thing that's, you know, we so we are mostly a football-oriented show, especially in the fall. So uh, we don't talk much about the pros, but we are fans of the NFL. So, but this year we both talked and we both, you know, realized and that we're both boycotting the NFL. Um, so, you know, we've seen a lot of commentary about pros and cons. And I'm talking about from black folks. I'm, I'm, it's been interesting to see mm-hmm. uh, people's thoughts on this. So, I, Hampton, I, I would love to hear why you are boycotting the NFL, and then I'd like to share some of my ideas about the NFL. Well, I'm going to just go ahead and say this. A lot of people just think it has to do with uh, Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, I love Brother Kaepernick. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, what he's doing is, uh, is great. But, you know, of course it did not start with him started with uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith and before that it was Jack Johnson and then um, but you know then you have the Bennett brothers um, now today and you got Richard Sherman and my whole thing is that you know a lot of times we we're thinking that um, in America that when you have to voice something you know this is the perfect country where you can voice something and People either have to respect it or but they will not cause you bodily harm. You know, this is the type of freedom of society that you do get. And the fact of the matter is, though, you know, there are circumstances in this country where, you know, things have not worked into our favor or at least worked into a level of where of fairness and. You know, everyone just kind of brings up, well, you know, it's just a sport game. You know, no, sports means, like, everyone says that sports brings people together. No, sport, basically a sport is something that, you know, groups of people play. And you all enjoy it, but, you know, that's all you enjoy. And so the fact of the matter is when you, when the... Pledge of Allegiance, oh, not the Pledge of Allegiance, the National Anthem comes on on every game. Everybody stands up. You don't have to stand up. You can actually sit down. But if you think about it, though, when you go over to North Korea and you see, when you see, like, all the times where when they play the North Korean Anthem, you know, they got machine guns out for people who don't stand up. Right. So, but this is my thing, though. Um... This country basically has been built off the back, backs of black people and you know, Chinese people, Native Americans, all of this stuff. And when something bad happens, when I mean, not bad, when when 
one American does not feel that he's actually getting his just due, then it is a problem in this country, you know. And I'm not really a, a much of a fan of Black Lives Matter, but I will just say this about them, though, that they're not anti-cop, they're anti-bad cop, you know. <laughs> you know, who needs bad cops in their communities? And so my whole thing is that CAP is just trying to get people to understand the, the, the issues. And that is it. That is all he is doing. He is not protesting anything else. And it's just a silent protest. And if you don't like him, just don't like him. And my whole thing is, so, Brother Kaepernick, Richard Sherman, and all of these guys, you know, they want you to be silent, and they want you to be stupid, and they just want you just to play football and entertain them. It does not work that way, because we are actually at the point where, you know, black people are tired. You know, you just cannot continue just to throw, you know, just say, oh, play play the game and watch the game and just have fun and don't, don't care about anything else. Because if you think about it, the people who are mad at um, mad at Ka- Kaepernick and Richard Sherman, they come from some of the most poor states in the union, you know, and vote against their interest, which to me is just flat out insane. And my whole thing is that is that we, I mean, we're just going to have to just either like for me personally, I don't watch the NFL. I mean, I'll catch it on Sports Center to see what happened. But at the end of the day, I just feel that how people's reaction that came from, you know, just the vitriol from somebody not standing up to the flag has nothing to do with the uh, service members that fought in these wars. Because to be honest, though, he says a lot of black people don't. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just letting it go. But all I'm just saying is, so for me personally, I'm boycotting because I just feel that. The NFL is almost like a, how should I say, a brainwashing league. Because if you think about every time you see the game, it's always some soldiers there or a military flyover. Well, I mean, you don't have to. Why are you trying to indoctrinate our people into this? It's just a game. Play the game. Take the military stuff out of it. And you don't have to be pro-military just to watch a football game. That's it. (laughs) Right on, man. Right on. So, um I agree with everything you said there. We have to expand on 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 your Black Lives Matter uh, thoughts there. I would love to hear about that. Um, uh, but let me talk about why I'm boycotting. Yeah, let's let's hear. Yeah, we're there. Let's let's hear about this. I'm sorry. I just hate this. I think sometimes with Black Lives Matter is the fact that we're trying. They're trying to hold out their morality. You know, have uh, put their heart out to a bunch of people who have the heart of a stone. They have no morality. <laughs> they don't care. So why are you trying to yell Black Lives Matter to a person that looks at you as a beast? So no, I'm sorry. I'm done. But go ahead. Uh, okay, all right, all right. From that perspective, I, I hear you. I understand that. Okay, got that. <laughs> Man, you know, just a side note, I mean, I, I am shocked by the number of black folks I've met who are anti-Black Lives Matter, and not for the reasons that you've stated. So yeah. uh, that's amazed me. Uh very, yeah, that's been amazing. So, all right, that's good, man. Um, why am I boycotting? So, for one, uh, for me, the product is bad. Like, I, the, the NFL kind of uh-huh. sucks, man, to watch. Like, I, I'm a Giants fan, New York Giants fan. I've been a Giants fan for since the 80s with the LT and all that stuff. I'm really starting. I remember starting to watch the Giants in, like, 85, 86. Uh, and been a fan ever since. So, um Football is not what it used to be for a whole host of reasons, but the game is terrible. Like last year, the Giants were eleven and five, but they were horrible. I mean, it was hard to watch those games. It wasn't um, well played football. I mean, they had a good defense, but I just felt myself like after watching these games being unfulfilled. And um, you know, I had the the uh, Sunday ticket with Direct TV, so I could watch all the other games. Man, they were all terrible too. Like. Rarely did yeah. you sit there and just like say, "Oh, that was a pretty well played game." Um, <laughs> it was like garbage, man. So, I mean, the the yeah. product is bad. I mean, I think you know we talk about just from a football perspective is because they're trying to put the game into the hands of the quarterbacks and put up points and 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 have exciting offenses because in theory that drives ratings, but there ain't that many good quarterbacks. So they're taking the running backs out of the game 
enforcing it in the hands of like Blake Bortles and all these terrible people that can't play. Like you gotta, <laughs> you know, it's not the same game, and they're not enough good quarterbacks to have a good, a good entertaining game. So yeah, the product stinks. Um, health issues. I mean, you know, I the CTE thing is is real. I mean, those hits. So you know where guys are woozy. I mean, when I played football, I remember all of the. Uh, Concussions yeah. I got, I got. I remember I had three of them that were real, and I remember all of them. Um, so watching yeah. these guys, you know, ruin their brains. I mean, and they're doing it at the college yeah. level too, high school level, little league. It's at all levels, but just watching that. I mean, when you got safety that are like two thirty um, coming yeah. downhill. I mean, these guys are knocking each other silly. Um, so knowing that the NFL lied about that whole process. Um, and you're watching guys literally knock themselves silly. It's, it's kind of hard, you know, <laughs> for me. It's hard for me to watch that. Um, yeah. You know, so the health issues is, is the second part. The politics, like what you said, I mean, you know, I, I just saw today that um, the NFL didn't always force the players to stand for the anthem. Actually, they didn't even come out for the anthem mm-hmm. until I think 2009. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I got the year right. I'm not sure about that year, but yeah. it's recent, relatively recent, yeah. where yeah. the military wanted the players as props so they can sell their hardware and sell these yeah. non- nonsense wars that were always wrapped up into. So the NFL took that check and then compelled everyone to um, stand for this anthem. So it's political. It's not about um, quote-unquote patriotism. Very political. It, so, it's very political. I'm, I'm sorry, I hate to cut you off. Mm-hmm. It's just like, right, if you think about it, right after 9-11 happened, who was the team that won after 9-11? The Patriots. Yeah. And, right. and, who, was, and who was the star? Tom Brady. I Captain America. It, Captain America. If you think about it, man, he's like central casting. Right. You know, if, if you don't think that, you know, they done propped that dude up and that whole organization up for anything, then y'all are crazy. But go ahead. Yes, yes, but right along those lines, this that goes back to the bad product because the mm-hmm. NFL changed the rules that allow – so this man can yeah. play until he's 40. Yeah. Like, you can't hold receivers. Um, yeah. So they get free runs. So it allows like, yeah. guys like Amendola to run around and be somewhere where they really shouldn't be. You don't yep. have to be a super athlete like you had to be to get yep. off the line of scrimmage. So yeah. Brady can get rid of the ball in two seconds because you yep. can't jam. But not everyone is good as him, so you got this crap football. So, yeah, man, it's all it's all intertwined, man. But the politics have been there for quite some time. Me and my friends used to talk about these years ago back when we were at Hampton. So, yeah. um, you know, all these things have always been there for me. But I, I looked the other way until Kaepernick. Yeah. And, and, and watching – how the NFL and the coaches and the teams have tried to discredit um, what he is trying to convey. I mean, yeah. you may have issues with it, whatever, but I mm. think they made it bigger than what it than what it had to be. I mean, yeah. the man just took a knee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he didn't. Yo, he, that's it. I mean, it he, didn't, just, he didn't it, knock his wife yeah. out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He and, they, and they. And they get second chances, you know. I mean, these guys, you know, Leonard Little killed killed a person. Same way with uh, was it Dante Dante Reed, you know, uh, the wide receiver. No, Dante Stallworth. He killed someone too, and they got a chance to play back uh, play in the NFL. But this is the whole thing, though. Muhammad Abdul Raw, you know, I mean, otherwise known as Chris Jackson. You know, I'll never say that, but Muhammad Abdul Raw, you know, he he didn't sit, um, stand for the national anthem. And he was like, at one point, was like, I would say, as big as Derrick Rose was in the NBA. You know, I mean, these type of things that it's like you have to show some sort of loyalty. You don't have to show loyalty. You have the actual option to say who you stand for. You know, and to be honest, even when I grew up in high school, uh, I went to an all-black high school. Nobody stood for the Pledge of Louisiana. <laughs> yo, yo, man, when I was at Hampton, this was in the late 90s, me, yeah. me and my boys, we didn't always stand. We, yo, nobody, nobody yeah. cared. Nobody, nobody cared. cared. Nobody and, cared. It's not, and it's not that we do not care about this country. It's the fact that a matter that, it's the fact that a matter that, you know, it's just certain things like you, it's like it's two Americas. And I think a lot of the times the people who do not agree with us, 
you know, they view America through their own lens, you know, you have to view it through the lens of everyone else, you know, it's just like, like, it's like I lived in East Africa, and I lived in North Africa at one point, you know, a lot of the times, people, and when I was there, you would see Americans, you know, they're just kind of walking around smiling, you know, you can always point them out, and they're just like, you know, how, you know, it's just like, they own the place, especially in Egypt, when I was in Egypt and Sudan, they like, they own the place, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, the they always thought that people look at them as, you know, like, oh, just beautiful people. Like, look at us. We're so nice. Whereas everyone kind of looked at them and grotesquely. And I just think that a lot of the times here is that a lot of the pe- lot of these players, you know, and I'll say this, there will be more players actually speaking out if they really didn't need them paychecks. I promise you. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I yeah. have I would say over 80% of them players would not stand if they didn't need them paychecks. Real talk. Yeah, that's what, uh, you know, I follow Dave Zern uh, on on Twitter and listen to his shows. And, you know, he says a lot of players come up to him like, yo, man, I mean, I'm only going to have about three or four years here. (laughs) So I can't maximize this. So, yeah, man. Absolutely. One other thing about this Kaepernick thing. So, of course, I'm a Giants fan, right? And the NFL owners are these powerful, tough guys and mm-hmm. tough businessmen. And, you know, when they come out with all this weak stuff like the Giants owner, well, our fans would be very upset if we signed Captain. <laughs> I mean, get the hell out of here, man. I mean, come on, man. Like, I mean, I love the Giants, but they rolled LT out there. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, LT yeah. did everything you can possibly do to embarrass himself, the league, and yeah. everyone. But they... And everyone still loves them, so that's just weak, man. So I, I just I'm 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 taking my money and my my interests and time elsewhere. So it will it be will my one single boycott or yours be effective? Probably not. They don't care. Um, but no, it's for you. It's no. for yourself. Like you have to say, yo, I'm not gonna spend my time and my money on this thing. And if it leads to the implosion, then so be it. But you know, I don't think there has to be like some great end game, you know, end game to say yes, it's successful. No, I ain't watching this mess because it's not in line with what I'm trying to do with my life right now. So <laughs> I, you know, and I think people are using it. I'm seeing this from a lot of brothers. Like they just want to watch football, right? Which is yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just say that. Like stop coming with all the excuses. Whoa, what's it gonna do? No, you just want to watch it. Like that's, that's okay, but just you know you don't have to 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 denigrate um, folks who are saying, hey, you know, here's why I'm not watching. It. I'm going to do something else. Um, so yeah, for me, man, I had the Sunday ticket when we moved here to North Carolina. That's the only reason why we've had Direct TV, so I can get the Sunday ticket. I turned that in. I unsubscribe from all Giants related, NFL related stuff from every social media platform that I have or am on. Um, I'm not playing Sunday fantasy football. Actually, my team, they auto-drafted me, so I don't even know who's on my team. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just not following the Giants. Like, I don't know who they're playing next week. That's amazing for me. Like I can yeah. tell you everything. I don't know who they're playing. I don't know what's going on with the team. So yeah. I'm, I'm just going to move on. And actually, for me, it doesn't change if Kaepernick gets signed. Yeah. No, it doesn't. You know, and I think – you know, a lot of people just think, oh, just sign Kaepernick. No, it doesn't matter because, honestly, people already know that, <laughs> like, okay, you guys have flexed your muscles and not trying to sign him because that would discourage everyone else. You actually embolden more people to do this. And I'm, 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 and if those kids didn't eat those college scholarships at these big SEC schools, they would be doing it too. So, Ooh, oh yeah, you man. Know. Oh yes, yes, yes. That is a whole nother story, a whole nother show. But yes, man, that is that actually is probably worse than the NFL, like big time college football. Oh yeah, like just to hear what that, level, that, that, that. Oh yeah, yeah, just to hear what that fool Dabo Swinney said. Oh, our oh. players aren't going to do that. You know, they're they know better. You know, I'm like like fool. You know, I'm like you are lucky that you got these kids, you know. I mean, because these are kids, you know. They're not your kids, you know. Yeah, they go to your program, you know. I mean, you actually took them from us, 
you right. know, so, you know, watch what you say. <laughs> right. I Honestly. mean, Hampton, Hampton, you know, Hampton, MEAC football, smaller schools, it is really more of the essence, in my opinion, of what college football is supposed yeah. to be. Like, you know, when we were, Absolutely. I don't know if it's changed, but, yo, we they were fully integrated into the community. Like, you know, yeah. we, sat, yeah. we sat right next to them, you know. I mean, they were like these yeah. rock stars that were untouchable, and everyone's making yeah. millions, billions of dollars yeah. off, off their free labor. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I think that, um, yeah, college football, big-town college football is is just a menace, and, and maybe that's something we could talk about. <laughs> I yeah. Because yeah. I, don't watch, I don't watch those games either. I don't watch, like, Absolutely I don't watch those big games. I, I just feel guilty watching Dabo Sweeney talk about players have too much privilege. Meanwhile, they're building, like, a playland to recruit these guys and, you know, give him a crappy education so he can get $7 million a year. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah. conversation. Yeah, you're right um, about that. Whew. All right. But, yeah, man, that's that's interesting. We'll see how it goes. But, like I said, I'm done. It doesn't matter what happens if, if Kaepernick, Kaepernick gets signed. You know, I'm, I'm my interest, I may, I may watch if I'm, like, I have nothing to do. And like, it's just on. Literally, it's like, oh, I'm sitting here working. Maybe I'll put it on in the background, but my dedication to it is done, man. It's passed me by. So, oh man, good, good stuff, man. I love hearing your thoughts on that. So, um, interesting week for the Pirates coming up with Mammoth and the rest of the Miac. So we'll be here next week to break it down. And as always, thanks, Hampton Knight. Go Pirates! Absolutely, man. Go Pirates!